to the slaughter as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who among them considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken to his death for the transgression of my people, to whom the stroke was due. And they assigned him a grave with the wicked, and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief and made him sick. Lord, when you and your servant make his life an offering for sin, and he has risen from the dead in time to come, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days, and the will and pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge of himself, which he possesses and imparts to others. My uncompromising righteous one, my servant, shall testify many and make righteous, upright, and in right standing with God, then for himself, for he will bear their iniquities and their guilt with the consequences, says the Lord. Therefore I will divide him a person with the great kings and rulers, and he shall find the spoil with the mighty, because he put out his life into death, and he let himself be regarded as a criminal, and be numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore and took away the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He prayed for the rebellious. In this short, powerful passage, God exposes the solution to the problem of our sin and guilt. The servant comes to take our place, to receive our punishment, to purchase our pardon and our salvation. Jesus clearly identified himself with this servant. Jesus knew this prophecy. When he was talking to his disciples on more than one occasion, he said, I have come to be served, but to serve, and to give my life as a ransom for many. God gives the same promise to every human being. Your relationship with me that was destroyed by your sin has been resurrected by the death of my son. How did Jesus do that? What do these verses tell us about this death on the cross did to establish our relationship with God? At the very beginning, in chapter 52, verses 12 to 15, God's the one who introduced you to the servant. The rest of it, for the most part, is Isaiah talking about what happens to the servant. But God introduces his servant as an unusual man. He says, first of all, that his servant has an unusual wisdom. My servant will act with wisdom. It indicates that he will be prosperous and be successful. It indicates that throughout the entire mission of his life, everything he does, he will do exactly what it takes to accomplish what he was sent here to do. There are no mistakes, there are no errors, there 
centuries of them, humbly and humiliates him and slaughters him like a lamb.
We believe that we will also live with him. We know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death has no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Bible tells us that God He lives to pray for us. He prays for sinners and saints like us. This is God's promise. Jesus is able to completely save those who come to Him, come to God through Him, because He always lives to intercede for them. What is Jesus doing right now? He has not totally disposed. He's praying for you and me. He's interceding for us as we've done the work. John Wesley is the founder of our branch of the Christian family tree, and he wrote the following words about God's plan for our children. The origin and cause of our redemption is the inexpressible love of God, of God the Father. Who will to redeem us by the blood of his own Son. It's also the work of the grace of the Son who freely took our curse upon himself and imparts his blessing and merits to us. And it's also the work of the Holy Spirit who communicates the love of the Father and the grace of the Son to our hearts. When we speak of this, we speak of the inmost mystery of the Christian faith. God the Father planted, God the Son carried it out, and God the Holy Spirit brings it to us. John Ryder put this idea of Jesus' suffering for our sins in our place in the words this way. Alas, and did my Savior plead, and did my Son would die? Would he devote that sacred death for sinners such as I? Was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away, it was there my faith I received my sight. And now I am happy. Was it for crimes that I had done? Yes. Was it for crimes that you have done? Yes. Amazing pain, grace of God, and love beyond the grave. So many people are under the impression that we simply have no negative consequences to our sins. Yeah. Our sins least separate us from God, but that's often the least obvious of the results. Sometimes they're even more obvious results. But ultimately, they separate us from God because it's our choosing this over Him. Sin, our sins destroyed our relationship with Him. And Jesus came and took the punishment for that. The result of all that we've done 
and so pitiful himself and accepted the bride on the cross. We need to trust God. When he says that he will declare us not guilty because of Jesus. There needs to be a time for each of us where we go beyond believing this as a doctrine of the church and actually experience it. There needs to come a time for each and every one of us where it's no longer just a part of the apostles' creed where I believe Jesus died with rage and death. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. And it needs to go beyond simply something stuck in our heads that we know all Christians believe. And it must become something that is stuck in our hearts because we've experienced it. Because our stake in the ground, the point where I get it, where I finally understand He died for my sins. Yes, he died for the sins of the whole world, but not in reality. When we come to finally say, I trust Christ and Christ alone for my salvation, for my relationship with God, and the Spirit gave me assurance that my sins, my sins, For us to experience the power of Jesus' institution for us is to personalize a few of these verses from today's passage from Isaiah 53. I'm going to read a line and I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. Okay? It's not going to be on the screen. You're going to have to use your memory. I want us to do this to help us. To personalize this, to remember that this was something Jesus did for us. Jesus lifted up my weaknesses. He carried my pain. I wanted to live my life without God. Jesus was wounded because of my rebellion. He was crushed because of my sins. He endured punishment that made peace with God for me. Because of his wounds, I have been healed. I've wandered off with the sheep. I strayed off on my own path. But the Lord caused my sin to attack Jesus. The Lord made his life a guilt offering. He bore all my sins. He intercedes for me. 